Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Good morning, everybody, and happy Father's Day to all the dads. Come on, give it up for all the dads. Come on. So great to have you in church, everybody, today on Father's Day. And uh, all the dads, we celebrate you and we honour you and we thank God for you. And if you are new to Global Heart Church, by the way, welcome. You're welcome every week. And if you're a dad, you're welcome every week. And I really want to encourage you that, you know, God changed my life four decades ago. And I seriously said in the last service, I don't know where I'd be without God in my life. Like life without God is, it's just meaningless. Honestly, you're just existing. But with God, wow. So the miracles God starts doing in your life. God starts speaking to you, working through you, using you. Then you see your children walking with God, your grandchildren walking with God. And, uh, and then God is doing something incredible in and through you and your family. That is just priceless. So everything else, I'm, I'm like, you know, there's things that you have to do in life, right? To, to do life, that's fine. But I'm talking about real meaning and uh, real hope and real substance real freedom and real fulfilment and to be found in God's house. So keep coming because week by week, you watch what God does. Suddenly the penny drops, penny drops. And before you know it, you're like, wow, look what God is doing in me and look what God is doing through me in Jesus' Name. So, so good to have you here. I want to pray for you all today. Pray for all of our dads as well. Actually, if you've got a dad near you or it's your dad, uh, you don't have to, but if you'd like to, you can just put a hand on the shoulder if it's your dad or your, your husband's a dad. Um, let's just pray for him right now. And uh, let's just pray for all of our dads. They need prayer. Geordie's jumped over the front row. Good on you, mate. Pray for Kim there. <laughs> Kim, pray for Jordan there. <laughs> so, Lord, we just pray for everybody this morning. And Father, I just pray, Holy Spirit, as you come around your word, Lord, I pray you speak to everyone. Open our eyes. Open our eyes, Lord, to see what we don't see. Open our eyes to see what we need to see. And Father, I pray for a fresh revelation for everybody. Lord, I pray for anybody who's away from you, let them come home. Lord, I pray for anybody, Lord, who's not yet saved. Father, I pray, open their heart that they might uh, today, Lord, open their heart to You. And in doing so, Jesus, that You'd come into their life, wash away their failure, wash away their past, wash away their sin. And Lord, save them by Your grace and mercy. But I pray for all the dads, Lord, right now, strengthen them. Lord, we just value every father and we just thank You, Lord, that You value them. Lord, You created them for a great purpose and a great plan. We just pray, Father, anoint them, grace them, help them. Lord, I pray, Father, where they've got to uh, forgive themselves, Lord, over areas in their lives. Father, I pray, help them to do that. And Father, but also to ask You to forgive them. And as they do, Lord, help them now to move forward. And I pray, Lord, that they will fulfill the great calling that they have, Father, which is to impact their family, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. Father, we just thank You that they are important and we pray, Lord, give them a revelation of their importance even today. Father, I just pray, Lord, uh, for anybody right now who Father's Day is a hard day. It's a challenging day, difficult day. Father, I just pray, grace them, anoint them. Father, fill the gap, Lord, right now. Heal pain, touch hearts, Father. And thank You, Lord, that there are many of us, Lord, who have broken families and broken relationships with our fathers. Lord, I just pray, help everybody now, particularly who's in that boat. Give them an extra special grace, Father. And Lord, I just thank You that You are their Father. You are our Father. You fill the gap, Lord. Father, and what a great, incredible gap filler You are. And I just pray, Lord, also too, Father, 
that we would be planted in Your house because You have provided a way for us to have family, Lord, and that is our natural family. But Lord, You also incredibly, supernaturally provided our great uh, church family, Lord. Help us, Father, to partake of the church family. And as we do, Lord, I thank You for hearts being filled, fulfilment found, great friends and relationships found. Lord, I just pray for that now. Pray that, Lord, that You'd help everybody, anyone who's lonely, Lord, help them to see that You set the lonely in families and Global Heart Church is a great family. And Father, I just pray to help us to partake of that. And Lord, let us be blessed as we serve You and as we follow You. Jesus, we give You all the praise. We give You all the honour. And we say thank You for being our Father. Thank You for rescuing us and saving us and showing us that You are firstly our Father. We just give You praise and honour for that, Lord. And I pray, fill every heart with the fatherhood of God today. In Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Give the Lord by my hand, everybody. Amen. You can be seated. The dad who had five children, Geordie, we need... When he said he had five, I was waiting for the box of chocolates to come out. Anybody else? George, he needs a box of chocolates. Don't you, Dad, with five children. Actually, you need more than that. But anyway, go on. <laughs> um, who thought that Luke Gilbert did very well as Tom Cruise? <laughs> we enjoyed you. Luke, you got a whole new career coming on then on Maverick and... Amazing, yeah, fantastic. So good. Um, our church in Montreal, everybody, is, uh, uh, is coming out of the holiday season. Pastor Spencer has arrived, as a lot of you know now, which is awesome. And he spoke last week. And in this state, for those who don't know, we've gone to Montreal and Quebec. Uh, and um, it's 1% Christian, evangelical Christian. It's the lowest Christian population out of any state in America or Canada. And isn't it just like the Lord to take us there? And the answer to that is yes. And uh, so anyway, so Pastor Spencer arrived. Last week, he saw four people give their lives to Christ. He's already seen about 15 people give their lives to Christ or 20, something like that. And then more people were signing up to get involved in church last week, get involved and become kingdom carriers. Hello, entering into their kingdom purpose. And so we're very excited about that. And uh, Amber was just there before Pastor Spencer arrived. And one of the great uh, things that happened was uh, Amber got there and got straight into arranging baptisms for them because they hadn't had a baptism for a while. And one of the guys who was there when I went and I had uh, two weekends there as we were trying to suss out what we were doing, whether we were going to merge this church into our family. So anyway, one of the young guys there, he is what you call French Quebecois, which is, uh, he's part of the French people of uh, Quebec, Canada. And uh, his family, all atheists, no one goes to church. And he uh, came into church, somebody invited him and he's a you know, tough fireman guy. And uh, everybody was saying to me, and I got to actually talk to him myself, but they were saying, this guy came in so tough and kind of like not entering into worship and very, and uh, he gave his life to the Lord. And just in a very quick period, he just began to soften and change. And uh, we just had water baptisms, as I said, with Amber. And this guy, he put his name in to get baptised. But I had a chat with him before I left and just was chatting at him one of the events. And I said, look, your whole family, no one's a Christian. We, a lot of them are atheists and you're French and, and you've come from not knowing God at all. I said, so do you feel God now? Do you hear God? And he said to me then, he said, Pastor, I feel God. I hear God. I see God. And he goes, now... I know God, right? And um, anyway, uh, and I said, how do you think that's come about? His name's Joel. I said, Joel, how do you think that's come about? He said, he thought for a minute and he goes, I'll tell you how it happens. How you go from nothing to knowing God, how I now know God. He goes, this is how, Pastor. 
you have to surrender everything. He said, everybody gets fearful about surrendering to God, but God is the creator of the universe. He's our Father. And He said to me, if you surrender to God, Pastor Jared, He said, you'll hear God, you'll feel God, you'll see God, and you'll know God. And I said, would you like to preach on Sunday? <laughs> so anyway, he got baptised and uh, I was really touched to see him get baptised too because uh, he gets emotional and uh, he wasn't that guy. And I'm just watching, even if he get baptised, just this emotion of the revelation of who Jesus is. So we had a bit of film, film from his baptism that just happened. I just thought we'd just show you. Just one guy, which he's a good representation of why we're doing what we're doing because it's costly. Pastor Spencer, it's costly. Pastor Lee, it's, co- it's costly. But we're doing it because we know these people don't know Jesus. They haven't got the Gospel. And so Global Heart Church is a church that pays a cost. And uh, we will continue to do that as a church. But I thought it'd be nice for you to see and hear from Joel as he gets baptised in Montreal. Hi everybody, this is Joel. Joel, it's been an honor and a privilege yeah. to see your growth over yeah. this past couple months. Amen. Um, just to see you serve so faithfully. Even after a 48-hour shift, he'll show up on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, so Joel, just a couple questions for you. Um, who is Jesus to you? Jesus is... Uh... Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> Jesus is my Savior. My father, and is my friend. Amen. Yeah, beautiful. And what's the biggest thing that he's done in your life? It changed, it changed my whole life. Many years ago, before I even knew him, he knew me, and gave me a new purpose as a father, as a husband. Right. Okay. Give me a family that I must be all my brother and sister. How good. Will we believe for a whole lot more Joels? Who can believe for a whole lot more in Montreal to be saved? So, actually, let's pray for them right now. It would be really good. We'll just pray for our campuses right now. Lord, we just lift up Joel, Father. Lord, we lift up the French uh, Quebecois people, Lord, of, uh, of Quebec and Montreal, Lord. We just pray, Father, now. In Jesus' Name, Lord, we, we just pray, anoint Pastor Spencer again afresh today. Be with him, Lord. Be with the team who are there. Father, we pray, use him mightily. He's there in your calling. Let many people be saved. Let many people be added. And Father, just pray that people would get on board, Lord, and be a part of what's happening there. And let their lives be forever changed because of you, Jesus. Father, we pray for Zambia. Lord, we pray for Germany. Lord, we pray for Melbourne. Uh, Father, we just pray, Lord, right now, be with all of them, protect them, God, and favour them. And then we just pray, Father, let there be supernatural salvations, supernatural miracles, let there be financial support and provision. Father, let people come in who carry the vision, Lord, and be a part of it, Father. And we just pray, Lord, that You would have Your way, Father, and You would cause us to be a help and a blessing to people, Lord, both here at home in Perth, but Lord, also around the world. We just commit them all to You now. And thank You for all of our campus pastors, Lord, in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 How good everybody is it to serve the Lord? 
And you're doing something great and if you're supporting our missions uh, giving, which uh, is so powerful and so important, you help. It's always about the one, right? So that one guy there, just seeing his life and the change in him is just so powerful and now he'll impact other people. So what we're doing, everybody, it's all about the one, but we believe uh, obviously in Montreal to continue to grow and to be a great blessing in Jesus' name. So thanks everybody who's a part of it. We really appreciate you and need everyone on board because there's so many more people to help and bless. Amen. So compassion. Who remembers we had a goal of uh, 1,300 for Compassion. Well, I just need to give you what our final count is. So it's 1,300 children, which in Australia, we're, that's number two in the country after and our, our goal that was that. And this is what we've hit. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Can you believe that? Can... Actually, just we should stand up and just give the Lord a big clap on Father's coming. Come on, let's thank our Father God on Father's Day. That's incredible. That's incredible. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, God. Amen. You can be seated. I just think we need to do that. On Friday, we were 1,299. And then one of our teams said, we can't be that. We have to be 1,300. I'll add another child to my family. So there we go. So as of Friday, we hit 1,300. Everybody, thank you so much. Thank you for sponsoring a child. Thanks for adding to your family. We really appreciate you. I'm telling you now, having been to Rwanda, that they will be celebrating and joyous. And uh, you not only impacted uh, the mum or dad, that child's totally impacted, but you also impact their siblings, you impact the village, impact the community, and really on and on and on. We're even impacting the staff in Rwanda, we're impacting the staff in Australia. They're all getting faith, they're all getting courage. Uh, they're able to do more, they're able to employ more people to help the children in Rwanda. And right now, uh, particularly in the rural areas, they really need our help, as they do in many places around the world. So we just thank you for your love. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for generosity. And uh, well done, everybody, because as a church, we are doing something really, really special in Jesus' name. Can you believe that? It's not, not 1,310 or 1,200. It's 1,300 again. You always got to ask the Lord, what does He want to do, right? And then on Friday, you hit that last number. I was like, oh, Lord. God knows what He's doing. And if we follow Him, get the detail, say, Lord, we're praying and believing for what you said. It's amazing how God actually gave us the detail in the first place and we've hit it. Just, I don't know, just bump your neighbour and say, well done, well done, well done. I don't know. Give me a little, get a little, little poke and a little well done because we did so good. All right. Well, that, that just made my Father's Day there. Forget everything else. <laughs> That's so great. Amen. All right. Can I encourage all the dads? You are very, very important. Let me just start with that. You're very, very important. More important than you know. And uh, the enemy, I believe, even in our culture, comes to undermine the dad, um, put the dad down. For many, a couple of decades now, the main father that people saw every night of the week was Homer Simpson, this bumbling father, when in actual fact, God has called men to be great fathers who impact you know, uh, their children, their grandchildren, so into their wife, so into their church, so into their community, 
and uh, our stable, consistent strength to uh, particularly their children and their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but also, as I said, to their wife, to your church, to your community. Men are very important, so the enemy attacks it. Puts men down, but if you go around the world, you look at uh, prison populations, America's one is something like 85% of men in prison have a father who is absent from the home or is emotionally absent or abusive. And uh, that's the other thing is you can grow up in a home where your dad was in the house, but there was abuse happening because they're emotionally not there. Or they may have been abusive like my dad, who was both. He was emotionally not there and then also highly abusive. So many people, that is their experience on the planet now, very sadly. And that is also sad because you have within the culture, those who would attack God, attack the church, um, and, uh, and work to undermine what God has said. And I wanna encourage you, having come from that background, people who get out of that background, uh, you get out of it in reality to the degree I've got out of it, only by the grace and power of God. It's only by the grace and power of God. And over four decades, I've counselled people and the number one area that will come up in counselling, number one, will be an issue with their father. Fatherlessness, father's not in the house or father's in the house, emotionally absent or there's abuse or there's something going on which is uh, causing pain. But father issue is the number one issue. There may be other things happening, but the number one issue will be that issue. So I wanna encourage everybody, it's an incredible miracle that throughout the Bible, God keeps revealing Himself as a Father. Why? Because He knows what is most needed for every human heart, and that is the security of a Father. Fathers are meant to bring security. They're meant to bring leadership. They're meant to bring emotional engagement to their children where they're speaking words of affirmation. Can I just say, if your father never spoke words of affirmation to you, God does. You get into God's Word, you get into God's presence, you spend time with God, I'm gonna tell you what God says all the time. He'll say, I love you. God wants to say to you today, I love you. I love you and I'm with you. And, uh, and His Word says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God is first a Father and, um, and uh, He's a protector. That's why it's in men, particularly when you become a father, the first thing you wanna do is protect your baby. You wanna protect your wife. You have a protection factor. We didn't come up with that, everybody. That's, you didn't get lucky in the primordial soup of the universe millions of billions of years ago and suddenly that protection thing rose as you came from a fish to a frog to a bird to a lizard. I don't know, whatever you became. And eventually you became a gorilla and we took you for a blow wave and a haircut and shave at Junlup Lakeside and now here you are today. No, no, you made in the image of God. God put it in you, protector. He put it in you. And so if you didn't have that, I didn't have that. I wanna encourage all the dads four decades later, God fills the gap and I have to lean into God. What I didn't have, God has worked to give me. And I'll say, God, I can't do that today. I can't be this today. I can't be a dad today, whatever it is. But Lord, I lean into Your grace and God does fill that gap. And then also everybody, utilise the body of Christ, utilise the church. 
The Bible says in Psalm 68, God sets the lonely in families. Okay, the family God sets us in. And by the way, when God says, I set the lonely in families, who's the lonely? You. You. Everyone here is lonely. And uh, we're lonely, listen, for God. And also we are lonely for His body on earth. This is the body of Christ. So to say, there's the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ operating on the earth. But I want God, but I don't want your body is just dysfunctional. This just doesn't make any logical sense at all because God says, this is my body. I'm the Father, but here's my body. I outwork, move, touch, love, heal, serve through my body. So I have to be in the body. And Sue and I got healed of our broken childhoods and fatherlessness by being in the body, being ministered to and ministering, ministering to and ministering, ministered to and ministering, ministered to and ministering. And if you're outside of it, there's always something missing. That would be the body of Christ from your life. So, and also too, God plants us in a local church, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. God sets the members in the body. God sets the members in the body. If you lay concrete, you set it. <laughs> you make food, you set it. But Christians are always unsetting themselves, mainly due to the fact that we're looking for a body that suits us. And Jesus never called us to be in a body that suits us. He called us to be in the body where He places us. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. He sets the members in the body. He sets the members in the body. The reason you have problems as a Christian, you're confused as a Christian, you're confused in church, you're confused where you serve is because He sets the members in the body. He sets the members in the body. He sets the members in the body. What we do is we don't ask where that is. And I heard that bizarre terminology, which young adults use. Young adults, I love you all. It's not in Global Heart terminology, but so many young adult Christians, I'm looking for my tribe. What? That may be if you're in fashion, find your fashion tribe. But in the church, Jesus doesn't say find your tribe. And if you remember me, when I moved from London, we planned London Hillsong Church, became full of creative people. And I moved to Perth. When we first started church with six people, and then we grew to about 17, then went backwards and went to 13. It was awesome. And uh, I said to anybody, anybody here, as we grew a little bit more, anybody play an instrument? It was like a tumbleweed rolled through. Anybody creative? Like, uh, no. Anybody ever painted a picture at school? It was like, <laughs> it's like there wasn't a guitar player. There was no, I said to Sue, gee, whoa. And no creativity. And I said, Lord, how am I going to relate to these people? When we started church in Perth, there's no creative people. I've been in London with creative people. And the Lord said to me, I never asked you one time to relate to anybody. I'm like, well, what do I do then? He said, serve them. You find your Isaac through service. You find your Isaac relationships through service. You find your Isaac relationships through laying down your life and serving. You find all your Ishmaels by looking for your tribe. Oh, these people are like me. Kind of cool, got the same outfit, same money bracket, live in a cool house. You may end up with a whole lot of Ishmaels and you serve the Lord for decades. This is good preaching here. Whoo! <laughs> so, you all doing all right? All good? Oh good, yeah, some of you are like, hmm, we should have gone to the mm, other one this morning. But anyway, anyway, so here's what we're called to do, dads. Genesis 13, basically verse four nails it straight away. It talks about Abram 
And it says, Abram went to the place of the altar, which he had made there previously. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Wow, right there, Genesis 13. Abram is going to the place of the altar. It's the place where he prays. It's the place where he gets before God and worships the Lord. It's the place where he sets about honouring God and uh, giving God his rightful place. And I'm sure it's the place where he's praying for his family. Can I encourage you, we are called to be priests, firstly. And in the Old Testament, priests would first minister to God, then the people. They'd go and minister to God, then the people. And uh, that is what fathers are called to do. You are called to minister first to God, then your family. First to God, then your family, and then people. And so what we need to do is work out where our altar is. Now, I, uh, I like to, as a, particularly as I got older, I like to n- not sit in a chair too much and pray, though I do. I like to walk. So I will walk. And when I walk, my prayer time is always starting by declaring God's goodness, declaring who God is, thanking God is my Father, declaring the goodness of my Father, uh, His attributes, and just praising God for that. And, uh, and I learned as an early young man that if I wanted to see miracles and see the supernatural of God, I need to praise God when I wasn't feeling it. Too many of us are leading lives where we're building everything on how we feel. Good luck with that. Because if you build your life on how you feel, you're cooked. You can't get anywhere. And uh, I told the last service how I worked in Sydney. I had a job that I hated. I was a Christian probably a year and a half. And uh, I can remember walking around for those who've lived in Sydney or grew up in Sydney, uh, Rose, uh, what is it, Rose Hill Racecourse. And I'm walking around the racecourse and I'm basically doing a prayer walk, telling God how I hate my life, hated my childhood. Now I'm a Christian. Now I hate this job. Now I hate everything. And I remember getting to <laughs> stopping after just giving God this woe is me and blaming and everything else. And then the Lord said to me, Jared, I can't do anything in your life until you start to praise me. I can't do anything in your life till you start to praise me. And I was like, like you. So we all do, right? Anyway, so I was like, okay, next day I came out. Lord, (laughs) I don't want to pray this, but (laughs) I told God that I'm truthful. Lord, I'm going to bless you anyway. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me even when I don't feel it. Thank you, God, right now that I hate this job. But Lord, even in that, I say, Thank you. There's something in it for me. And I decided to praise you. And I just changed my, uh, you know, what I was saying, what I was proclaiming. And then it was not that long later and everything started to slowly change. Firstly, in me. Most importantly, the job wasn't the issue. It was my response to the job. God had put a boss there that I needed, not the boss that I wanted. So I was having to adjust. What was happening to me was, getting, was changing and then other things started to change. Everybody start praising God when you're not feeling it and start ministering to God first. We get caught up with all the other things, that thing, that thing, that thing. We wonder why, where is God? Why don't I feel God? Why isn't God moving? Why isn't God speaking? It's because He has no priority. So you have to say, Lord, help me to shift the other priorities and put you first in Jesus' Name. You know, then you're gonna see God and hear God. And I wanna speak to all the men right now. You, if you wanna see God and hear God, He wants you to. God's not trying to hide Himself. He doesn't want you not having understanding. God is always trying to give us understanding. And so where I started out, I'm gonna tell you right now that as I've gone through from you know, getting saved and then taking the bin out at youth and then helping welcome people to youth, do whatever, and uh, then going to Bible college, 
directed by three pastors. I wasn't feeling it. They were feeling it. Then being offered an internship, I wasn't feeling it due to my dysfunctional background. I thought they were going to be paying me money for something that was, uh, they would not get a good return on. <laughs> then, then, uh, then they offered me to come and stuff as a pastor. I'm like, these people are crazy. And then I was just following faith and things that people were offering me and I was following through. But every time I said yes and stepped up in service to God and people, God and people, God would show me something. I'd be like, oh, wow. Gee, I didn't see that before. Wow, that's just, wow. And I was like, wow, that's so obvious. Why don't people see that? Why didn't I see that? So stepping up, stepping up, suddenly I'm seeing that, seeing that, seeing that. Every time you worship God first, you prioritise God, and then you start stepping into areas of service, you start to see. And I'm going to talk about that a bit more. The reason that some of us don't see anything is because we're missing some of the key points that are hidden within the Scriptures. Let's get there. And uh, so God wants you to see where you're like, ah, oh, right. Okay, I can see that now. You know, Acts 28, um, Paul the writer says here, these, these people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. So God's saying that He would heal us if we turn to Him. But he's saying what happened is the hearts of people are calloused and he's talking to religious people. He's saying, you're, have you had calluses on your foot, like dry skin on your foot? You can't even feel your foot anymore because of the dry skin, your foot's numb. The Bible's saying your heart is like a calloused foot, it's numb. And he's speaking to religious people. Can I encourage everybody here, if you grew up in a religious background, which I had religion mixed in with childhood abuse, <laughs> great combination. If you don't seriously challenge your religious upbringing, you will miss the miraculous and you will certainly miss seeing the supernatural of God and understanding it. You have to seriously challenge it. And I discovered this too. If people, if God moves you to a church and you're already a Christian, if God moves you to a church, here's the biblical, re- here's what, hang on, here's our reasons we usually move. People will move to a church from somewhere else. And many times it's because there's more money. (laughs) There's a beach. Uh, It suits me at this time of life. And there's all these reasons. And many times they're our reasons. And uh, we don't notice that biblical reasons for when God adds you to a church. People get saved into church, but they do get added. Here's biblical reasons. God adds you in, listen, to teach you something. Dads, if God brought you here, it's to teach you. And so I wanna encourage you, he's trying to bring you in to teach you. And the other two reasons is he's trying to add service to your life where you step in and enter into new service. Kingdom purpose is what the Bible really is speaking about. And then into a new level of responsibility so that you begin to see things that you don't currently see. I get people talk a lot, but they don't see. And it's because you've got to realise what are the biblical reasons we move? So when we say to God, where, you know, where, where did God take with God? Sue and I were like, I'm from Sydney. And God shut the door and said, don't go to Sydney, go to Perth. There was nothing in it for me to come to Perth. No money, no people. There was nothing in it. But the door was closed in Sydney and God said, serve those people. So now I'm in the supernatural because I'm actually doing not what I wanted, but what we asked God and He told us, do this. So, so God sends you to a church. If you've been added to our church, it's to teach you. It's to add service to your life and maybe greater responsibility. They're the three biblical reasons or all those reasons. 
all of those reasons. So I just want to say, if you come from a religious background, listen, you will need to challenge where you've come from. In fact, if God moved you to Australia or to Perth, He's not adding you here to do the same as you've been doing. Everybody, you need to stop, men, you need to stop your routine now and go, hang on a minute, because what you did there, God may say, look, that was good there, but that has nothing to do with now. That's become your old wineskin. I'm trying to do a new wineskin that's about your children, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. But if you, don't, if you don't pick up on what I'm saying and challenge that, you just go back into some kind of routine that you did in New Zealand, in Europe, in Africa. You're just in a routine and you're like, well, same old, same old. No, it isn't. It's you're not tuning in, you're not seeing. So we're going to say, Lord, get the calluses off. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to know that you will know what is the hope of His calling. <laughs> the, uh, the eyes of your heart. Paul's saying, you need to see from here. You may see here, but He wants you to see from here. I remember going to Specsavers a number of years ago and I kept putting it off. And they said to me when I went in, do you see all right? And I went, Mm, yep. And they went, try these. <laughs> I put on my glasses and I was like, all right. Oh, wow, there you all are. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> and they said, uh, you need to get these glasses. And I was like, okay, great. Th these are helpful. They said, uh, we think so. You're running late on getting them, right? Everybody, God's saying to you, you're running late. You need new glasses. You need the new glasses from the Word of God and from also walking with people who, who see until you do. If you're blind, you need to put your hand on somebody's shoulder and follow them. That's how you become a leader in the kingdom. People who say, oh, I'm a leader, me and God have got this thing going, deal. No, 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 there's no deals. Deal's off, whatever that deal is. You have to go, who is that person in front? I'm following that leader because I don't see currently because I'm not in that level of leadership. I'm not in level of maturity. I need to follow there. Follow there. And then down the track, I now see so much stuff that I know you don't see and I don't expect you to because it's through levels of service, levels of laying down your life. Because Jesus says, if you want to find life, Go and do your own thing, run around the world, be with who you want to be, go to any church you want to go to. Da, 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 da. Sorry, that's the old me. He didn't say that. Jesus says, if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you lose it, you'll find it. What does that mean? It means lose it. <laughs> what does that mean? Everything that you're prioritising, if you want the supernatural of God, the miracle of God, that you go, where I'm now living every week going, oh my gosh, every week, 1,300, are you serious? What happened to me in Montreal 14 years ago? Now we've got a church campus there, what? Are you serious? It's miraculous all the time because I lost my life and I have to continue to lose it, by the way. And now I'm finding it. <laughs> All heard me with telling Justin the story when my parents were fighting and I'm watching 007 James Bond movies because that was it helped me escape as a child. 
And I'm telling Justin that story in Rwanda and I walk into my hotel and on the hotel door as the, the lady who was taking us to me to my room, I get to the door, I look up and it's 007. I'm like, Lord, you are so funny. But it's all the time. Because He said, if you will, I will. If you will, I will. God's still waiting for your, I will. But we're usually in the land of confusion because we've never got on board with what I'm about to hit in just a minute. <laughs> so God's, Paul's saying, I pray the eyes of your heart's open so you know the hope of His calling. May your heart be enlightened. He's not saying, I pray that you will know where your next holiday is and you'll have all the kids in on that prayer. That's the most important thing. He's not saying, I'm praying that you'll know whether to put a pool in or a spa. <laughs> God's like, you can work that out yourselves. You can work out where you're gonna have your holiday. For some of us dads, that's the level of our spiritual prayer with our kids. Praying whether we get real turf or fake. What do you think? And with your wife, come on, let's pray. Is it gas or electric? Everybody, God's like, I think you can work that out. What He wants your eyes in line with is, what is the destiny for my children I need to be praying? I need to be praying that I as a father lead them in a godly way. Did you know it's very hard for your children to get in their destiny, dads, if you are not first exampling yourself positioned in service in the Kingdom? It's very hard. Many, the main reason around the world that many young people are not going into destinies is because their fathers will never step up and be a servant in God's house. You have to serve here. You have to serve in the house. You have to. I'm sorry, it's the biblical pattern. And then from there, you go out into God's calling out to the world. Even now, when I do things around the world, God goes, get back to the house and pick up. Get back to the house and pick up. Have a look at this, your Old Testament, 2 Kings 3, verse 10. Hang on, no, verse 11. So if you read the previous verses, they run out of water. There's no water for the armies, no water for the animals. The people are suffering. And Jehoshaphat, the king says, is there no prophet of the Lord here? Come on, we're in dire straits here. Who can we inquire of? Quick, who, can we, who may we inquire of the Lord by? So one of the servants of the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, answered and said, well, you know, there's this guy, Elisha, the son of Shaphat here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, what? Listen, the Word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. In the Bible, everybody, the prophet is not the person who comes in with the declaration of, I say, this is what... The Bible prophet right here, Jehoshaphat says, who has the Word of the Lord? And this servant goes, I don't know, there's just this guy, he stands there all day. He's got towels, he's got a water bowl. When Elijah comes over and he's ready, he's finished ministering, finished speaking, this guy just goes, washes his hands, washes his feet, cleans him up. Faithful, faithful, it's a dirty job. Nobody wants it, but he's there week in, week out, month in, month out. And the King says, the Word of the Lord is with this guy. Everybody, the Word of the Lord is with the servant. The Word of the Lord is with the person who week in, week out is still there. Week in, week out. I've been here, church 41 years. This church 24 at the end of the year. The others I were in was to be trained. Next one was planting. Then this was planting. One church. 
David Cindy Harding, if I want to know who's got the Word of the Lord at Global Heart Church, and I have had people come, Pastor, I'm a prophet from Europe. I'm a prophet from Africa. I'm a prophet from New Zealand. I'm a prophet from England. I'm a prophet from Sydney. I've met all the prophets, but they cannot pour water on the hands of Elijah. They want to tell me they're a prophet. I'll tell you who the prophets are. Dave and Cindy started church with us. They're not in this service. 24 years ago, in a couple of months, 24 years ago, they've been pouring water on mine and Sue's hands for 24 years, helping, undergirding, serving for nearly 24 years, quietly getting on with it, but serving. They served in all the areas of church. They're on our eldership for all those years. If I want to know the Word of the Lord for our church, guess who I go to? Dave and Cindy because they water pour for 24 years, sitting there with a towel every week, every week. But I get the, the shakers coming, oh yes, I've been used by the Lord. I'm like, listen, I need to know if you can pour water because I'm running by the Word of God, not by the Word of people. A lot of people think they got a Word and they wanna pay no cost for the Word. You cannot have the Word from the Lord if it costs you nothing. You can't say I'm worshipping God if it costs you nothing. Worship is costing. Psalm 119, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in Your Word, Your law. Proverbs 3, preserve sound judgment, discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. The Bible's talking about our sight again, everybody. So we need to be a father who is continually leaning into God. 2 Corinthians 12. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Goes on and says, Paul says, I'm gonna, I'd rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. Listen what he says, dads, men, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I say to God, God, I can't do it, and I lean into you then I'm strong. When I say, God, I need Your grace every day to be a dad, to be a husband, to be a leader, to be a pastor, to be a... Lord, I lean into You. God goes, when you're weak, Jared, you're strong. Lord, I can't do this, I can't do that. He says, that's fine. When you're weak, I'm strong. And you'll be strong when you lean into Me. Start your day every day. Lord, I lean into Your grace. I lean into Your anointing. 1 Chronicles is 12. Uh, 12 is awesome. It starts talking... Uh, in verse 32 about this man who's got these sons and it's this verse that kind of pops out but it's kind of like, huh? It's small but it's so massive in the impact. It says, The sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. I'm like, what? When I read this years ago, I was like, what the heck? These guys, these men, young men, know what Israel should do. Then I looked up and found out they were in one of the 12 tribes. There's 12 tribes in Israel. They're in one of the 12 tribes. But the Bible says they knew what all the tribes should do. So basically they had, if you look historically, understanding of the times, they had political prudence. They had Jewish writers said that they were eminent men in astronomical and physical science. If you go back in history, they had such insights. So I'm like, and I remember years ago going, Hang on, these men, young men, who is dad? And I went, because you cannot, if I want to, if I, <laughs> when I see children in shopping centres out of control, I just look at the dad. <laughs> I'm always like, what's happening there? 
You can, if you want to see children, a parent, a children, look to dad. Now, all of us have to, we've all started somewhere, failed, been broken, not perfect. But our children are a reflection of us. When my boys were out of control, I had to learn to get down to their level and whisper to them, not abuse them and say, listen, what you're doing, you are great, but what you're doing is not good. And if you continue quietly, Daddy will have to take you around the corner and that won't be good. Nathan's eyes would roll on the back of his head. But I didn't yell and traumatise my children, everybody. There's a way to have your children have discernment. I want to have sons of Issachar. I want to have sons of Issachar. I want my boys, and here's Nathan being involved in politics. Geordie serving the Lord. Sean's in our Melbourne church serving the Lord. I want them to have understanding. I want them to see God. I want them to understand the Kingdom. I want them to understand the church. I want them to do, how do I get there? And I read, hang on a minute. The guy's dad's name's Issachar. Who's he? So I looked up Genesis 49 and it says this, Issachar is a strong donkey. Well, I can deal with that. He's a stubborn dude. (laughs) He's stubborn. You can use, if you're a stubborn person, use it in the right way. There are so many wrong ways. Use it for God and His house. It says he's a strong donkey lying down between the sheepfolds, right? When he saw that a resting place was good and that the land was pleasant, he bowed his shoulder to carry burdens and became a slave at forced labour. What? So I started pulling apart the verses and I realised this guy's strong. He's determined and lying down between the sheepfolds. When the Bible talks about sheepfolds, it's the pasture. It's where the sheep are. That in, so that's the spiritual one, but really for us in the New Testament is the church. So this guy's strong. He's a leader, he's probably in it, can be independent, but he is lying down and he's found a resting place in the sheepfold with the sheep, in, with the sheep, with the sheep, with the sheep, with the sheep, in the sheepfold. Everybody with the sheep, not on your own, me and God have a deal, with the sheep. And that, the land was pleasant. He's there and then he bows his shoulder to carry burdens and became a slave at forced labour. This is the dad we're talking about that gave sight to three sons from one tribe who had sight for all of Israel. Their father carried weight in the Kingdom of God amongst the sheep. If you want to see, you have to carry weight. You have to carry weight in the house of God. You have to do it. I used to think, why am I doing this? But as I went along, I thought, you know what? I can see more now. I understand more now. I talk to people and think, why don't they understand? I see people who are in church for 10 and 20 years and I was failing you. And I think, why don't they get this? Why aren't they seeing this? Why am I talking to somebody whose parents went to church, but they don't know what I'm talking about? I'll tell you why. They never carried anything. They never carried. They didn't see and their kids never saw. So when I talk to parents and talk about their children's destiny, they just look at me like, huh? What do you mean? There's no sight. There's no sight. That's why spec savers, when I finally got my glasses and put them on, I was like, oh my gosh, there you all are. And the guy said to me, I bet that helps. Everybody, it's gonna help you and it's gonna help your children to see when you carry. And everybody's carrying is different. Right now, I've gone from carrying nothing, taking the bin out at youth, through the ranks, blah, 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 blah. And now at Global Heart Church, Rwanda, 1,300 children. I'm involved with that, big time. Carrying responsibility for children. I'm carrying Perth. 
I'm carrying Pastor Elon Fatter in Melbourne. I'm carrying Pastor Lisa, Liam and Justin in Zambia. I'm carrying Pastor Matthias and Nicole, Pastor Vincent and Esther in Germany, Spencer and Leah. I'm carrying these things. Tenacious House, I've started, but I gotta carry it. I gotta carry it. I gotta carry it. I gotta bow my shoulder and carry it. It's no good for me now to go, see you later. It's no good. It's not going to help you see. It's not going to help you go anywhere if I just ditch it all now. So I need some people and I need some men at Global Heart Church to go, Pastor Jared, we're going up the hill. Do we just have the snow mountain, guys? Do you guys have some pictures up there? Look at that. Men carrying. Have you got a snowy one? The snow hill, mountain. <laughs> That's not snow. Anyway, just, just saying. This one with the mountain where the guys go up the hill and they're all carrying a, a, a backpack. Most Christians get to the mountain and they're like, no, it's not for me. They see a level of service, not for me. And they had one photo of these guys all carrying a sack, but there's a leader at front going up the top of the mountain. Everybody, that's what we're doing in church, life. I'm just carrying the front pack, saying, come on. And those who come to the top, you're gonna get up there with me and go, oh, look at this. Gee. Never knew this was up here. This is amazing. Man, that was tiring coming up and I would never miss this. Well, right now, those six people who we started with, here we are just here in Perth, let alone in Melbourne, let alone in Germany, let alone Rwanda, let alone in Zambia. And Dave and Sydney and I go, wow. But you have to carry, have to carry. Do you want your kids to see? Yeah, of course I do, Pastor then pay the cost. You're not called to carry what I'm called to, call, to carry, that's fine. But you're called to carry something. Just ask, what is it? Do you wanna see? If you don't wanna see God, that's up to you. I don't wanna live my life and not see God and see His Kingdom and understand, but now I understand so much because I'm carrying. Last couple of thoughts. Oh, you to get ready. <laughs> Why are men obsessed with the gym and even now in our culture more than ever? More than ever. Gym's good. Gym's good. I walk and I've started back at the gym. Come on. Heading to 60. Go in there and push some weights. It's good. Girls, gym's good. It's great. But why are men, it's such a thing and men in the gym. Can I just say to you, I think it's actually a distraction from God's design on you. Now I'm not against the gym. I'm going back. It's good. But it's like a counterfeit it's the counterfeit. All these men, gym poses, obsessed with the gym, everything. Great. But what they're meant to be doing is carrying weight in God's kingdom. That is what God designed you for. They're meant to be going, oh, I'm lifting up the kids. I'm lifting up youth. Business people, I'm lifting up the finances. Oh, it's a stretch, but I'm stronger. And whoa, look what's happening. And the result is outward. They're carrying weight. I'm carrying it. Every day I'm waking, I'm carrying this, carrying that, you're carrying it. And but the difference between them and me is I am fulfilled in the inner part of my life and heart in God. How many men, how many men will get to the end of their life, right? And I see them in the gym and I'm like, I talk to some of them, I pray for some of them. I see them in the gym, and I'm like, the end of their life, they're gonna go, this is my life. <laughs> and it's gonna be like, here's me instinct. <laughs> my last instinct of my pecs. 
And the enemy has shrunk what God planned for them to carry in destiny to their last Instagram photo of themselves. So rather than impacting their family maybe, hope they do, a church, a community, a city, a nation, nations, at the end of their life they got pet photos, but traps are good too. And the enemy has brought it all back to one person. And they were good in helping people with choice of protein shakes. <laughs> My calling was to help you. That's the best protein shake. Listen, that is not it. Yet the gym's great. Running's great. Cycling's great. Great. But I'm using that because don't carry in the gym and not carry in Christ. Carry in Christ. Then your sons and daughters are going to see. And then they're going to see what God should be doing and how in finance, in politics, in job, in business, in the family, in Christ, and they're going to know God. I talk with the boys and I'm not talking to them and they're lost in the things of God. They're on it in the things of God. They're not lost. They're on it. But guess how that happens? I have to carry and keep carrying and will do until you see the end of me. I'll continue to carry. Carry, keep going, keep going. And when it gets heavy, Lord, grace me, God. It's got a bit heavy. Feeling weak, Lord. Can you anoint me? He says, yeah. In your weakness, as you give it to me, you're strong. You're strong. Everybody, God's got an amazing destiny for you. He's got an incredible plan for you. But don't drop anything. Pick up. The greatest gym set you can do is the gym set that God has for you. When you say, Lord, I got it now on my shoulder. Let's go, Lord. Keep gracing me while I learn to carry weight at this level. I'm learning to carry weight again at a new level. But I'm graced for it and so are you. Can I pray for you? Can you stand up? I'm going to pray. George, you come. I, I really am a big believer in response to God. Every time God's moved in my life, I responded in the early days in an order call. I didn't just go, oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I might respond to that one day. When God spoke to me in services, I was always, if God was talking to me, I was like, yep. If I felt, to, felt He was talking to me, even if I didn't feel it, I was always like that. Can I tell you, that's why I see what you don't see. Because I've always said, Lord, help me to respond when you're talking to me. But I'll respond. And I'm not like this with the pastor at church, like, <laughs> maybe. I'm being a man and going, I'm responding, God. I'm responding. Whenever you respond and you mean it, God means it. Throw yourself at heaven and God's gonna throw heaven at you in Jesus' Name. Just with every eye closed, I'm speaking to all the men right now, not just the dads, all the men. If you know God is talking to you right now and He says something different, I love that about God. He says something uniquely different to all of us. If you know God is talking to you and you're responding, just on the count of three, sip your hand. I'm going to pray for you all. I'm just going to hand back to Jordy. Here we go. One, two, three. Just raise up high if that's you. Father, I just pray for everybody who's responding to what you're saying to them from your Word right now. Lord, in the Name of Jesus, Father, grace them. Lord, let the calluses come off everybody's hearts. Father, all of us have some kind of callus, but some are so entrenched. Father, they're just keeping men away from all that you, all your goodness, all your fulfilment. I just pray, Lord, let those calluses come off. 
in Jesus' Name and let them be fresh and alive. And I pray, Father, for all the dads here. Help us, Lord, to pick up in Your house. Carry in the sheepfold, Lord. With that place pleasant and great, Lord. Help us to pick up. And as we pick up and lean into You, Lord, thank You for grace. Lord, when we're weak, then we're strong. Father, I pray that You'd anoint every man to, as they do that, Lord, let sight come, let insight come. Let them be, Lord, they may be in the few, but Lord, I'd rather be in the few than be in the blind crowd. Help those men, Lord, begin to see what they've never seen before. And I pray for mighty dads and mighty men to rise up at Global Heart Church. I pray it now and I declare it in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Church, can we thank Pastor Jared for that word? So good. Well, hey, we're right at the end of our service right now. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.